What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Tim Donnelly Show presents Movie Night Podcast featuring Big Nate. Um, I think my voice is already a little too upbeat for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, We're doing the new Netflix movie, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. That'll be probably the last time I get the title (laughs) correct. Um, It's the, the Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie. Um, I'm actually really excited to talk about it. Can I just say, before we go any further, I was trying to look it up on IMDb. Just Could, for, couldn't for even data. get close. And I was like, screw it. We're going to Zac Efron's page. <laughs> so I had to find it on IMDb using Zac Efron. Incredibly angry, shockingly gross, and disturbing. I don't know. There's a million different ways you could go with it, but... Um, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, which I guess is something the the judge actually said when sentencing uh, Ted Bundy. Um, we're going to be talking about it, but first, like always, uh, you go to the movie theaters, you go to the previews first before you see the movie, uh, and, and for here, you come to the movie podcast. Before we get to the movie of choice, we, we deal with a trailer. This might be the earliest we have to do a spoiler alert, though, before the trailer even very true. Hardcore spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Avengers Endgame... Just hop off now. You don't even get the trailer. Don't see the trailer. Um, or fast forward a couple minutes if you have seen Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Uh, then you just want to fast forward through this if you haven't seen Endgame. <laughs> so this might not be the best trailer to do, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, it is Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, the next Spider-Man, I think it's coming out in July. It's coming out really quick um, on top of Endgame, and it... it it through the trailer, this most recent trailer, they address everything that goes on in Endgame. And just putting a nice little bow on everything. It's it's beautiful. If you listen to our Endgame podcast, then then what I said was um, the first thing they have to do coming out of Endgame is address who's Iron Man and address who's Captain America and how that's going to work. Uh, again, spoiler alert: Captain America is Falcon. Um, is Sam Wilson? But Iron Man was never solved, and then they. I mean. Peter Parker asks the question in the trailer, what are we going to, we need a new Iron Man. Who's going to be the new Iron Man? Same, Peter Parker. Same. We all want to know. Ditto. And I feel like they're leading to a, maybe a choice that you think Nick Fury wants with uh, Mysterio. And I think it could potentially end really badly. And I'm stoked to see it. I also love that... Uh, on Facebook, where the where I saw the trailer the first time, they have Tom Holland <laughs> announcing that there are spoilers beforehand, given his uh, propensity. It's like his uh, scared straight program is he has to warn everyone there's spoilers. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you, and and I agree that Nick Fury and Mysterio. I think there's deception going on there. If you're aware of who Mysterio is or what his history is, um, there's going to be some wild and craziness out there. I think it's the best comic book to movie costume I've seen so far though. Oh, that's good to know. Like they did a really fantastic job with Mysterio. I mean, they've done a good job across the board Disney has. I mean, did you know Kevin Smith from Jane Silent Bob and Clerks and all that? He at one point in time was responsible for writing Mysterio comics? He's written a bunch of comics. Yeah, uh, he's big on Marvel. Mysterio. Yeah. Um I saw an interview and that's why I know a bit about he did, I, don't, uh, I don't read the comics, but I know a line of Daredevil called The Man Without Fear that was phenomenal. Well, there you go. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited for it. Uh, Zendaya and, and Ned are back, uh, which I kind of like the grounded nature of the, the super. Shouldn't they have graduated uh, high school? Probably, but no. Um, they were all snapped away. 
they 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 didn't age during the last couple conveniently of years. Conveniently all snapped away. Um yeah. So but so it's a good movie. Convenient. I'm looking forward to it and I like that Marvel isn't saying like I like that they, did, they didn't do Endgame and then take like 2 years off and could try to make it an Endgame. They're going to jump right back on the treadmill at full speed really quickly and I like oh, we're that. not getting off. I'm not, not no, absolutely. We're not, not taking a break. Uh absolutely not. You saw what happened like Star Wars took a 20 year break or whatever it was. And then the the prequel stunk. You can't take breaks and then jump back on the treadmill Just full keep speed. Keep it going. Keep gotta, it going. Keep, keep it the going. momentum rolling. And MCU knows that. Uh, so let's jump in. That's that's the trailer. Uh, I think we're both excited for it. Um, I actually really like the the Spider Man arc. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's transition now from popcorn fun and and blockbuster movies and everyone likes it to extremely. Terrifying, shockingly bad, and gross. Or extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. The new Netflix movie, it stars Zac Efron. Um, it's about Ted Bundy, who at this point, I think most people know was a, you know, the title is true. Um, let's set the, the framework. Let's set the groundwork for the podcast with the five S's to cinema success. Star, story, second fiddle, surprise, Scenery, I mean the star. Let's let's be real here. Haley Joel musical. Osment. No, no. Okay, all right. I was a little. <laughs> he was that was a weird get. I forgot he was in it. Oh god, uh, the lead singer from Metallica. Yeah, you couldn't even tell it was him. I had no idea until I read some stuff after. Um, but but uh, it's Zac Efron. That would have been the easier way to get to uh, the movie on IMDb was to use James Hetfield because that would have been his only entry. <laughs> I was a little upset when he came out. Enter Sandman wasn't playing. <laughs> I'm sure he was too. Uh, yeah, exactly. A little bit extra cash. Um, so Efron, High School Musical, you brought him up. He's the star. What are your thoughts on... I have two questions. What are your thoughts on his performance in this movie? And what are your thoughts on Zac Efron as, a, as an actor? All right, we're going we're gonna to start with Zac Efron's performance in this movie. The only reason it gets any points for me is Zac Efron's performance as Ted Bundy. Oh, my God. Top notch. He, he is Ted exactly. Bundy. He really, like, dove into the role. I don't know how far he dove into it. <laughs> I really hope he didn't go too far. But, my God, amazing Ted Bundy. He do we have, do we have did a, do all we have, of the heavy lifting. Do we have a head count on High School Musical former stars? Yeah, do we, like, can we just get a roll call real quick? Um, <laughs> I like Zac Efron. I've not... Outside of High School Musical, which I didn't really watch, I've never really seen him in anything, and I'm like, man, that sucked. And he, and he can kind of do it all. Yes. Which I appreciate. Um, just to piggyback off what you said, A, to answer my first question, I thought he crushed it. Um, and I thought his performance got better at the very end when they showed the clips of real Ted Bundy. And I was, Oh, my God. Because there are a few things that you're like, there's no way that it broke down that. When, he's, when, when they're reading his indictment and he's going – no, you, you you said you got me. That's all you're going to get. And and I, I'm watching so, it going, okay, they're just showing this scene as a dramatic retelling to show us that he's brazen and he has bravado. I'm taking it as you're not a person who really like follows a lot of true crime. I don't. See, that's kind of one of my big things is I love true crime. Like, okay. I'll sit there and I'll watch so you had true seen crime that documentary. Footage, so and I'd seen that footage and like watching it and I was like, holy crap, he is Ted Bundy. Better looking, but... He's Ted Bundy. And and the other thing about his performance, and, and I watched this with my wife a few times I said it was, 
he played the line so per- when they showed his face close up, it's like one of those um, uh, like the holograms where you turn the, the the piece of plastic one way and you see one thing, you turn yeah. the piece, but it's like the same picture. It, his face, you could look at it and go, "Oh, that's a charming face," or you would look at it and go, "What?" That's a serial killer. Yeah, it, it was, but he obviously it was the same thing on screen. So I think that ability to have his face and eyes and everything say both wild performance um, about Zac Efron as a whole. Now this is one of my uh, long term theories or, or arguments that I've made with friends over and over and over again. Um, there's this group of Hollywood stars of a similar age, it, starting kind of with Tom Hanks. And going down to Will Smith, and it's uh, it's Matt Damon, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, it's um, uh, Kevin Costner, it's it's this unit that has been major leading men yeah. in Hollywood for as long as I've been alive since the '80s. This group has been the you need a star or you have a role that calls for a star. These are the magnet, the magnetic individuals you go to. A male role that you need to star. Obviously, there's like Julia Roberts and there, there's the females as well. But just talking men, and and there hasn't been a new one inducted into that group in a while because it hasn't really needed to be. Yeah. Right? And maybe there won't be because uh, have you seen Gemini Man the the trailer? No. It's it's Will Smith now against Will Smith 25 years ago. And they just digitally make him younger, so maybe they won't need so, it. You know, you know, there's like some sort of intern in editing who's just going back and like using nothing but fresh prints <laughs> exactly. to uh, so, <laughs> make that happen. So maybe they won't need new entries because they can just make the old entries younger. But there's a group I call them the awkward moment group that I think can be that for a younger generation. Zac Efron. Michael B. Jordan, Miles Teller, maybe like a Jamie Bell. Uh, if you need a British guy, you need your Hugh Jackman to, to come from somewhere else. I want to throw Dave Franco in there. Dave, I feel yeah, like he's yeah, yeah, underappreciated. Yeah. Dave Franco, but the the thing that they're able to do, like um, you know the the Tom Cruises, the Will Smiths, the Tom Hanks, is like you said, they can go between genres, right? They can. Uh, Zac Efron can be hilarious in Neighbors, can be dramatic in this, and can be rom commy in in yeah. Charlie St. Cloud or whatever else is on oh, his IMDb. I forgot about that movie. Uh, like he he can be like crazy popcorn cheesy romantic movie and and kind of pull off all three. Yeah, I mean he definitely targets to the performance he's doing. Michael B. Jordan can be the serious in a rom-com in that awkward moment he can be a boxer in creed and he can be in a marvel movie as a superhuman wakandan i mean the greatest showman the greatest showman zach efron like um miles teller can be a boxer and bleed for this he can be a, a ptsd and thank you for your service ptsd suffering former soldier and then on top of that he can be uh you know laughy go happy lucky rom-com kind of layered individual and spectacular now i think those guys and dave franco similarly um and and there's a few other like i said jamie bell and and there's a few others that may or may not get there um i think they have some some importance and we didn't bring up high school musical for him like obviously he can sing um 
there's some importance they hold in the future of Hollywood. Because there's a, a certain point where, like, Leo is going to have to start playing instead of the love interest. The, the love di- interest's father. The, the love interest's father. Which, or the, you know, the, the professor rather than the student. Like, there's, that's going to have to happen at He's some point. He's just going to age out of it. And uh, even though he might not age out of it in real life, he's still dating 20-year-olds. He's going to age out of it on screen. Similar, like Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson at some point became like, he was starring in the bucket list. I mean, have you seen a side-by-side comparison of Leo and, and, like, Leo's becoming Jack Nicholson. Which is fine. But he's also, he seems to be making more creative choices with the films he's doing. Well, he was chasing Oscars there for a while. Um, But, like, Brad Pitt, another one that's in that older group of leading men. There really hasn't been anyone included. And and, and I think that unit, the, 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 like, 30 to 33 unit right now, there's a couple guys there that could look at the next 20 years as their stretch where they can grab the, the leading roles and they can, you know, the, the, the stupid movies that just need a superstar, right? The stupid movies where it's you're on a plane, but your love interest is the pilot and she's arguing with you, but there's also a murderer and none of this makes any sense. But if you can look at the camera and make us believe that we want to be on this plane with you anyway, this movie might work. Um, you know, for, our entire life, it's been like, all right, let's call Tom Cruise. No. All right, let's call uh, Will Smith. No. All right, let's call Leo. No. All right, let's call Brad Pitt. No. All right, and then eventually one of them, and it works, or it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I think for the first time, there might be like, you know, before we call those old guys, let's see if these younger guys want to do it for the first time. And Efron in this movie proved that. So good. I thought he was really, really good. Um, story. What would you think of Story. It's a fascinating story to hear it from this perspective because it's based on the book that was written by Liz, who is uh, Lily something. My, Lily Collins, yeah. Written by the real-life counterpart. In 81, she wrote the book. Yeah. Which is eight years before he was killed, before he yeah. took to the chair, which is fascinating. Yeah. The whole – the story is amazing. Well, but I, I feel mm-hmm. – like, going from that one perspective, you kind of get a clouded lens. Yes, I don't think we're getting the entire story. And that's actually going to end up being one of my um, – well, the thing I would do differently. The other thing is this. This truly is – you were mentioning how you're like a true crime buff. This is the first one. This is the genesis, the origination of true crime being something that people are fascinated about in America. It's the first live trial on television. It's the first, um, this is going to sound weird, but it's the first glorification of, and I'm not saying the movie did. I'm saying what happened in real life. There were Bundy fans. There were, when he was being executed, there were fans there. There were people wanting Bundy to fry the, the, the women that were in groupies. Yes. The man had groupies for the love of God. Like, it starts here and it moves to serial the podcast yeah. right it starts here and it moves to uh how to make a murderer it starts here and it and it, that's where it ends up so it is kind of fascinating from a story standpoint that yeah. this is the original was is it the best like i don't think so i do think we've improved upon how we tell true crime stories than what they did back then 
you know, showing fleshing out the the heinous acts and making sure everyone is aware. But but I mean, there's something about being the first, right? It's like going back and watching the OG, watching the first animated movie. It's like, oh, well, that's not the best animated movie, but there's something crazy about it being the first. Um, so I thought the story. I mean. I'm not a true crime buff, so there was a lot of stuff that I didn't know. So I thought the story was wild, and it was, it's true. So it's oh, it was pretty accurate. I went, I went back right the after the only like the only real bugaboo I found is that the whole Miami Dade County thing, because at the time, uh, Miami it wasn't Miami Dade; it was just Dade County. Oh, that's funny. Like that's literally the I, only thing I found that was like that's not quite right. As soon as I was done watching, I read like the entire Dead Ted Bundy Wikipedia. So I do have a few things that they took dramatic license on, and one of them is going to be um, my big problem. So, so I'm going to hold on it. Um, right. Second fiddle, Lily Haley Collins. Joel Osman. Really? No. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for the guy. Like I feel like this was a you know you know who hasn't worked in a while and we kind of need is like a dumpy weird romantic interest. <laughs> he reminded the kid from Sixth Sense. Let's do, get him. Do you know what I said out loud? He reminded me of what Al Borland. Yes. I thought he reminded me of Al Borland from Home Improvement. Um, That's exactly it. Also, was there nowhere they could sneak in a, he's seen dead people. Yeah. I mean. Lily, Lily, you're killing yourself. He's killing you. He's seen dead people. So were you also sitting there waiting for the line to drop? I was waiting. I was just thinking like they have to do it once. Uh, it, it was one of those like it was like painful anticipation. <laughs> I just th- I just thought I actually thought he did a really good job, so I'm not going to knock on Haley Jawsman. I thought he acted very well, but he's not the second fiddle. L- Lily Collins, Liz, yeah, I didn't Lily. I liked her. I didn't love her. I thought she was great. I thought she was great. I I think all of the turmoil she dealt with, I, I think she did a good job portraying it. I don't know if they went deep enough. The scene where they're watching the trial on television and she's just sucking down a cigarette and she doesn't say anything. Haley Joel Osment is leaning back on the couch. She's leaning forward. She's sucking down a cigarette, not saying anything, just ca- casually ashing it while watching is a lot of emotion in a scene yeah. that didn't give her much to work with besides a cigarette. Um also, she, like Liz, the person, the real life person, is still alive. Oh, yeah. And Lily, like, met with her while shooting and read the love letters. And I do think part of, part of the, the difficulty with playing Liz as a character is in real life, Liz was simultaneously aware that this is probably the murderer. This is probably the person doing all this. But also in love with him. But also, I, if there is a .001% chance that it's not him, I'm going to hold out for that hope. Which sounds idiotic. It sounds stupid. It sounds... I'm watching it going, never listen to that guy. Like, kick his ass out the door. But... Uh, but that's not how it happened in real life. So Lily Collins couldn't, like, she couldn't play it the way Lily Collins would play it in real life. Because every human other than Liz would have seen all this happening and said, see ya. But she couldn't, Bye. 
She couldn't tap into, what would I do in this situation? How would I feel in this situation? Because everyone else would feel completely different than the way Liz felt because it was abnormal, blind, incredible love. Which is tough. Yeah, It's a tough thing to play a role that you can't ever put yourself in. No, it's definitely a hard perspective, but I, I kind of watching it because of Zac Efron channeling Ted Bundy, there are moments where you can see that maybe Ted has a dissociative personality disorder and he genuinely believes he didn't do it. And that's why he's so compelling and convincing to her. Like, I can, I can see a little bit. It, it, and Hindsight 2020, the guy was a sure now she murderer. Wishes, yeah. but I'm sure now she wishes. But at that point, happen. like, if you're really that into someone, I, I can see the holding out hope. Um, yeah, I mean, and and the thing was, he did he did have the ability, whether it's a talent or whatever you want to call it, to completely hide everything when talking with her. Um, the other thing I'll say is is about the the Liz character is. I can't imagine. Oh, first of all, I wanted to tell you because this just sprung into my mind. His diagnosis. He had been diagnosed as bipolar. Then they went back and said, that's not it. Then he was diagnosed as multiple personality schizophrenia. Then they went back and said, no, that's not it. Apparently, there is a diagnosis that is almost impossible to get of just pure psychopath to the point where certain like therapy or uh, uh, the people who teach the people that diagnose tells a couple of their students, like, if you ever find a true psychopath, come get me. If we yeah. agree, I'll buy you dinner. Like, I, like that, it's so rare. But after everything going on, he truly was just a, a pure psychopath. And, and, uh, and there's not many of them diagnosed out there. Well, the other part is some of them can lead normal functioning lives. Yeah. and, and there's, was, uh, there's a doctor who is a neurologist who is a psychopath. psychopath. Uh, he's, like, they've done the brain scans. He's and, a psychopath. And they, like, does he, like, want to murder people? And he just no. learned how to stop? It's completely normal. He just... Absolutely apathetic about any other humans and uh, has no concept of that. right or wrong. He's literally driven by making money. Oh, well, that's better than And he has possession. a family, which is horrifying. Like, what? what's to say this guy isn't just going to snap at some well, point? Well, B- Bundy's thing was he was driven by possession. He wanted yeah. things, which is why they didn't really show it much, but everything he owned in his life, he stole. He he stole televisions. He stole cars. He yes, stole, he did. Um Everything, which is why he kept getting pulled over. They didn't really explain that. But when when he got pulled over in Florida um, and he stolen punched the guy car. and ran away, it was because the car was stolen. I liked that it was always a beetle. Like it was always a My Volkswagen. guess is there, it was an easy car to steal. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that's why. But uh, so so in his mind, the possession of a human was killing them. Then he got to possess them and own their bodies and stuff, which is, I mean, if you're a psychopath and you're driven just by possession and you want to own people, Goodness gracious, that's a weird thing to say, and it makes your skin crawl, but it's, I mean, there there it is. There's the explanation. Um, so we both agree, Liz, you think solid, I think really good. Uh, surprise. What do we have for a surprise? I mean, if you didn't know what had happened. Well, I was kind of expecting to be surprised in that way, if that makes any sense. Like, the, ho- the whole time we're watching it, Cindy, my wife, says, uh, she's the one who called the police on him, right? <laughs> It's I, like, yeah, yeah the, they'll probably get to that, and then they finally get to it. So I guess that would be the surprise if, if you knew nothing yeah, about it. Yeah, if you didn't it. know. Uh, my surprise, and you're going to think this is fake, but I actually have it written down. Haley Joel Osment. 
I thought he was really good. Oh, he was good. I saw him in the Entourage movie most recently. Wasn't that great. I didn't think he did a good job acting. I don't know what kind of character he was going for. I thought he was really good in this. So it was a, it was a pleasant surprise. In a, in a movie that is just surprise after surprise after surprise for this guy is more extremely wicked, shockingly vile, and evil. Got those backwards. Then you, then you thought. I was pleasantly surprised that there was a solid performance from an actor that I recognized from a decade Have ago. Have you watched uh, Stranger Things? No. Oh, well, in the second season, Sean Astin plays a character who's uh, coming into a romantic entanglement and, and kind of like I think Haley Joel Osment watched season two of Stranger Things and was like, that's, that's who I need to be. There it is. Either way, Rudy. I was pleasantly surprised there. Did anything, you know the story, did anything actually surprise you? No. No, didn't think so. Um, John Malkovich showing up as the judge. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I, I thought he was a really good choice. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. I thought he did a really good job. Um, but also, it's John Malkovich. The, I mean, they didn't even go like for if, a lookalike if, on if, that judge, though, because the judge if, was fat and had hair. If Steph Curry hits a three, we don't get surprised. John Malkovich putting together like a solid performance and a 15-minute appearance in a drama? Yeah. I, I, I Surprised John Malkovich can do that with his eyes closed. Um, scenery. I mean. Kind of drab. Kind of 70s drab. Which n- hits the nail on the head. I liked her apartment. For the vibe that it was supposed to be. Single mother, lunatic boyfriend from out of town, kind of disheveled. The attention to detail on the court was pretty good. They uh, mm-hmm. turned a post office into a court. That's and a U.S. post office in... The jail some, scene seemed cool. The jail scene, particularly uh, his second escape. Wait, like, I didn't know what the hell was going on in that sequence. I was like, wait, isn't he due to escape again soon? I didn't know he escaped I'm, twice. Then I, he's like cutting. The, I was like, oh, okay. I knew he escaped and then went down to Florida and murdered the, the sorority girls. I knew that just from casual awareness. So when he broke out the first time by jumping out the window, I was like, oh, this must be when he goes down. But then he got caught like six days later and he ended up breaking out again, which is wild. Um it really is. The like, 70s are just a wild Can time. you imagine at that point, though, like you're in prison for some pretty serious charges. Can you imagine thinking, I got to get the hell out of here? Like, it, and doing Particularly it. If, if you're claiming you're innocent, that certainly is not going to make you look innocent. Of course, we've already agreed that he wasn't firing on 100% <laughs> of the cylinders. He wasn't a dumb guy, though. No, he he's, wasn't. He's a miserable human. Let's keep in mind, he not was going to be guy. a lawyer. Not a dumb, not a. Apparently, he was dumb. a terrible speller, though. Apparently, he was not that academically bright. Yeah, and part of his inferiority complexes come from the fact that he didn't last as a lawyer in law school the first time. Um, and he, you know, he just felt other people had brains that were more capable than his, and he didn't like that. Uh, which, guess what, guy? Other people's brains were more capable than yours. Uh, big problem. You go first. Okay. Uh, the confession Hit to to Liz. Hacksaw written there. Never happened. Yeah. Um, which is a big dramatic point in the movie. He, he never admitted to Liz that he did it. And I think that's cruel on his part. I think she deserved to know that, you know, he was a terrible human and, and she doesn't need to hold out a flame for him. Um, do you know what's actually even worse? What? And this would have been a heck of a scene. That head that she was asking about, Where's where? where what happened to her head? Do you know what actually happened to, to the head? I don't remember. 
Uh, he I've heard at some point, I'm he sure. burnt it in Liz's fireplace. Ugh. Ugh. In Liz, without her knowing, he incinerated it in Liz's fireplace. And I didn't know. Good God. So, so the, the, the big problem I have is that this movie makes it seem like that particular victim, that particular head, is somehow the moment that she gets released from his spell. When in actuality, not only did he not release it from the spell, that particular victim and that particular head would be the thing that I would guess haunts her the most when 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 it really comes down to it because it was under her roof. It's like, um, and, and this isn't an apples for apples example here, but it's like if, if your, your partner cheats on you while on vacation, that's one thing. If a partner cheats on you in your own bed that you sleep in every night. That's entirely worse. It's, it's so, it's, so they kind of make this particular victim out as the one that, sets Liz free when in actuality it's probably yeah. the one that to this day she's still alive still haunts her that a head was burning in her own house by someone that she thought she loved or did love good lord so to me that's like I don't mind I, I don't mind movies taking dramatic licenses I, I often am in favor of combining characters into one to say you know this represents all of the da 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 that he interacted with or whatever but you can't take something that is unbelievably negative for a real person and turn it into something that is kind of the closure for that same person so uh, that was my one of my big problems the confession of hacksaw he never did the whole writing yeah. of hacksaw matter of fact uh they never met they, they, they didn't see face to face during those last months or whatever they did talk on the phone once but he was still doing the whole vague, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and, and goodness gracious, I can't imagine what she's going through. What's your big problem? The sterilization of the execution. You know, Bundy's about to fry. I feel like they didn't do enough of... You want, I mean, to, see him, you want to see him die? No, I don't want to see him die, but, like, it was a frat party Oh, was there. it? Yeah, it was like a frat party. Like, it was wild. Was it... And I don't know if you know this or not. Was it just people celebrating the death of a lunatic or was it like family members of victims? It was people celebrating the death of a oh, lunatic. Okay. Uh, there, I think. I don't know how I would like if I had a, a family member, a friend or whatever that was. I don't know how I'd react to their murderer being killed. I, I, <laughs> I, I think it would bring you some form of closure. I don't know that I could watch it. For a tooth. But I don't know if I would celebrate either. I wouldn't celebrate. I don't know if I could watch it. Like I, I've put a lot of thought into it because you're into true crime. I'm into true crime, and I feel like when I, when I hear about like victims' parents going to see the killer execute, it's like I could not watch the life drain out of another human. I just couldn't. Not well, a chance in hell. Because then, basically, it's the exact same as them. It's shoes on the other foot. Well, it's opinion. tooth for a tooth. You're not the first one. Um, when they showed like the people celebrating outside, I didn't. I don't know if I wanted it to or didn't want it to be the family members, right? Because you want the family members of the victim to get whatever they feel they need, but I also didn't want them to become so bloodthirsty that they're out there. It's no, it was it was just it's weird. Floridians, that's how they operate. <laughs> hey, hey, some of us were Bundy's born. Bundy's getting Florida. executed. Let's some, go. Some of us were born in Florida. Relax, Naples. What's good? <laughs> 
um, so you're, so you wanted them to show more of kind of the heinous nature of everyone out other than Tom. It became a Tom t- Ted Bundy. It became a circus. The whole thing. First, first. I mean, um, uh, I, I watched an interview with the director. He said it was the first live broadcasted trial, which I think most of us knew. But also, his execution was right at the forefront. One of the first events where you could have a news truck. So you know, yeah. now, like now, every time there's a crime scene, you turn around and there's all those sprinter vans with yeah. the antennas that go straight up, and you can take them anywhere and broadcast. Outside of his execution was one of the first times in the history of broadcast news that those trucks were used, yep. and they had I don't know, some like twenty nine of them there. Yeah, there's a lot of footage from, and crazy. Um, the crazy thing is, is like you wouldn't think we're outside of the prison, we're gonna get a lot of good, but there's a lot of quality footage from. Uh, from that. And even the guy walking out waving the flag. Yeah. Um, Frankenstein the movie. I'm going to be honest, mine's lackluster. I, I tried to rack my brain, couldn't come up with anything clever. I usually pride myself on clever. Let's hear it. Uh, you take the cast from a rom-com, the story from a horror movie, the production of a Netflix movie, and the attention to detail of a true crime. You get this movie. All right. It's generic and boring, and I'm not happy with it. I had a little, little, I'm proud of it. Take the woman falling in love with a killer of a Lifetime movie. Any Lifetime movie. You just throw a dart at the board. You've got it. (laughs) The nature of a true crime podcast and Kevin Spacey in seven. Okay. I was like. Like just being genuinely creepy, but like nothing can really be pinned on it with any degree of accuracy by Liz. And you've got this movie. Okay. I'm glad you clarified which Kevin Spacey. Because real Kevin Spacey also has some tendencies. Yeah. Um, so from Seven. I like Seven, by the way. Um, done differently. What would you have done differently? If you were, the, you were the director, you get a final cut, and you're like, you know what? It needs one change. <sighs> I kind of mold this over, and I don't know if I like my done differently. I've got two. Okay. One is the title. Good God. If I have to go to the main characters, actors... IMDb page to find the Dagon movie. You don't like a problem. Incredibly it's dark, so clunky, super duper evil, and so clunky. Like I get what they were trying disturbing. to do, but it's so painfully clunky, and it just—it's a real quote though. Like yeah, the, it is the, from the, the judge. Yeah, the judge actually said that. I like how he threw on and vile. Yeah, and vile. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and, and vile. vile. Just because he needed one more bad thing. But the other thing is, they never really show him. Other than the breaking out, they never really show him actually doing any of the crimes that resulted in him being imprisoned. That's exactly what I have. For Done Differently, I wrote, it needs to be more unsettling. They only show the one murder, which is when he hits her with the yeah. the club. And that's at the end almost as a retrospective. Yeah. Um, and watching that particular scene made me have a lump in my stomach more so than yep. any other scene. And I do think when you're showing a Ted Bundy movie... Your skin should crawl. You should have a lump in your stomach for more than... Like, I think the only reason, if you just, I don't know, you were in a coma since before the murders happened, you just woke up out of a coma and you're like scrolling Netflix and like watching this and then not knowing anything about Ted Bundy, the argument could be made that they really are harassing this guy. And I think... And again, I think they were trying to show it through Liz's point of view. Yeah. So she really was holding out hope that he was just being harassed. But 
Ted Bundy murdered admittedly 30 plus people with most experts and, and investigators believing that totals up near 90 or 100. We saw one yep. in the story of his, like we're not, as much as Liz, whatever her last, Clipful, Elizabeth, whatever her last name is. Kindle. Kindle. Uh, I actually think, no, 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 it's Kendall later in life. Uh, Haley Joel Osmond's last name's Kendall. It's Liz Klepfler. Oh. Um, either way, like we didn't tune into that movie to catch the Liz Klepfler story. Or no. Klepfler. Um, no, we wanted the Ted Bundy. And you can't tell his story without the heebie-jeebies. Without no. the, uh, um, so many disgusting, heinous acts. So many moments like he would be murdering people in Utah pretty routinely and then would go stay with Liz for a week in Washington and then would be come back to Colorado and murder people. And, and they didn't really show that, right? They just showed him bouncing from place to place. Um, I mean, he was one of the most heinous individuals to ever walk the earth. And I do think they needed to show more of that. Not because I want to sit here and watch young ladies with their hair parted down the middle getting knocked over the head with a log or with a crowbar or anything, but, but because that's what he was. Another thing I would have done differently, maybe, in the end, don't reveal that uh, Carol Ann Boone was pregnant. Apparently she was, though. Yeah. Oh, the kid's still alive, and now I'm certain... Oh, you think because people are out there looking for yeah. him? Yeah. I hope that the child changed their name and got not only as far away... Rose from- Bundy. Goodness gracious. I hope she... Cosmo got- just did a profile on her. Did she get as far away as possible from mom? Yeah. But, I mean, whose last name do you take in that scenario anyway? Like, I'd just make up an alias and get the hell out yeah. of Dodge. I mean, my name is... Probably something of Latin descent, and I'm staying in Colombia somewhere. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's not. I feel for that child. Yeah, I feel the 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 guard shouldn't have let it happen. The mom is a psychopath. Uh, the dad is actually a, a psychopath. psychopath and murderer and serial killer. Um, I feel for that child. I mean. Just wondering what, like, I wonder, you know, if I get my dad's male, male pattern balding. Like, you worry about which genetics you get, right? And and just yeah. imagining, like, what if I'm a psychopath? What if I have that switch in me, and it just hasn't been flicked yet? But it's, I mean, ah, oh, I feel for that child. I feel for that that child, and and ah, oh, oh, man, I hope they got as far. The mom is a weirdo. Oh, good lord. Really, truly. And a real person. Like, that was based on a real person. This really happened. It's uh, astonishing. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, uh. <sighs> sequel. Do you have a sequel? I do. The Rose Bunty story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No. Uh, I want to see this with someone who's even more of a psychopath. I think I, I might have the same name written down. Israel Keys. Oh, no. Different. Israel Keys was a serial killer who... Lived in Alaska, Seattle. What his, is it with the Pacific Northwest? His whole MO, though, he would never kill near his home. And, like, they have no idea how many people he killed. 
he basically just started confessing to them and then telling them, hey, you're never going to find all the people I've killed. And then he hung himself. He never even faced trial. Like, he was mm. about to be on trial. He was uh, scarier than Bundy. Well, that, that was one of Bundy's things was he would never kill anyone that he had met before. Yeah. He was, it was always completely random, which is almost worse. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh. Again. Then you go down a really, oh. Again, it's going to make your skin crawl. But Dahmer made Bundy look like a Boy Scout. I don't, well. In my opinion. From the things he did with the body, this is getting into a weird conversation now. From the things he did with the bodies, yeah, but he didn't kill nearly as many. <sighs> that we know of. It's true, but God. I mean, if you want to go, like if Netflix wants to become the place where you get super big movie stars to star as serial killers, there's, and this is a shame on humanity, uh, there's no shortage of serial killers out there that they could depict. I just hope that they, A, depict it in a way that is true, and B, don't get into the glorifying. And I don't think this glorified Ted Bundy. I think it was no. um, more of a real kind of point of view on how it was told. Thanks to Efron, you really saw that dude was nuts. Dude was nuts. Uh, just they need to be careful not to get into that world of glorifying heinous individuals. Yeah. With that uplifting, uh, that, was, mo- that took a dark se- turn. You know what? Sequel. Sequel should be. Uh, you didn't, I want to see um, a, a sequel for Malkovich's character. Successful, successful judge. Still could be a little dark. Just yeah, just has to deal with with life. And he's now the Bundy judge. And what 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 did that do for him? Right, he was the first judge and the first, and he did the whole. Don't you wag your finger at me. Did all that stuff. Nice southern accent. That judge was really well spoken. I mean, I think I, I do think, and I think the prosecutor, I think all of them knew this was going to be a case that you couldn't F up on. Yeah. Like you had to, it be, had to be right. So they, they went and got good individuals and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, oh, also, this is just the, the, like that guy from that thing popping up on um, his first lawyer. The guy with the beard and the long hair that yeah. told him not to talk to anyone and he talked to someone and he wasn't barred in, in Colorado. He was Vance Munson, the pig from Hitch. Really? And it, and I had to go to IMDb to figure it out because I was like, <laughs> that guy looks familiar. Where have I seen him before? He's got a whole bunch of other credits. I couldn't but, figure out where I saw him either before. But, uh, but Hitch. Now it makes sense. Um, there you go. Should we rate the movie? We should. You go first. Largely off the performances of Efron and Collins. Is that her last name? Lily Collins. Mm. Um, 647. Oh, good gravy. Like, I think it's better than Wreck-It Ralph. I think it's worse than Captain Marvel. We are within nine of each other. Is it up or down? I'm up. I gave it a 656 because Efron was great. Lily was good. I kind of wish it came in a little above Triple Frontier. It's going to end up being like Three or four below. 651.5. Yeah, and then Triple Frontier is 656. That being said, definitely worth a watch. I wouldn't watch it again, but it's a compelling story. And I wouldn't watch it with kids. Definitely wouldn't watch it with kids. And I would watch it knowing that you're not going to fall asleep for 25, 30 minutes after. 
you're going to have to do some Googling to answer some questions that you're going to have. Um, and it's it's going to be, you know. Just one of those stormy days where you're like. You're going to want to lock the door when you sleep that night. go down a weird rabbit hole. You're going to want to lock the door when you sleep that night. Um, it's just what's going to happen. There you go. There it is. You we'll have it. 655? 651.5. 651.5 for Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, the Ted Bundy, Zac Efron movie. Uh, until next time, see you.